climbers. Today's guest on the climb, we got a good one. He wrote, in case you didn't know, for Brett Young, he wrote, I got away with you with Luke Combs. And today he is climbing with us. Please welcome. We're going to have a great interview for you with Tyler Reeve. Welcome to the club. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is the key in the new music business. You're not going to be plucked out of obscurity. The the big company isn't going to make it happen for you. You've got to make it happen for yourself. That's the bad news. The good news is you don't need anybody's permission. You just need to create leverage in the music business. C-L-I-M-B. Brilliant. Uh That's a backstory from my co-host and good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's also a hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones in the last 18 months in Southern Gospel, making miracles happen in so many different levels. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then ultimately get you connected to the pros with those mission critical relationships that are going to get you to climb up the ladder. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Look, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular. No S. There is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Johnny. All right, this is Johnny D. from the Climb Show Music Business Podcast on American Songwriting Magazine's podcast network. You can find that at AmericanSongwriter.com forward slash podcast. And we are filming right now live from the Nashville Knights International Songwriting Festival in Odense, Denmark. And I'm here with Tyler Reeve, one of the What's one up, of the talents man? on there. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Can't complain. It's <laughs> awesome to be here in Denmark and beautiful country. Been having a great time. Yeah. Uh, first time in Denmark? Yeah. First time, well, first time uh, staying in Denmark. I think I've passed through Copenhagen once before, but. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's been a great, great week. A lot of good food. Some good drinks and good Any stand-up favorites? Man, uh, honestly, I've had some great meals. There was a place called Passfall that was uh, like a Michelin-rated restaurant we kind of stumbled into one afternoon, and at the end of the lunch uh, rush, I guess, so we kind of had the hotel to, or the restaurant to ourselves, and it was amazing. Really nice. Good. Yeah. I love it. So you've done a few shows already. Are you done now, or do you have a couple? Do you have another nope, one tonight? I play tonight. Myself and Eric Pasley and Scott Sean White uh, play tonight at seven o'clock. Great. Okay, I'm gonna be at that show. I like that. Any up and covers that stand out for you? I mean, everybody on this festival, first of all, is t- super talented. Just wonder if there's a performance or a song or something that just hits you. Yeah. Um, you know, I've. I've gotten to know Ava Page a little bit with her. Uh, her parents are actually out at the same place where I play golf a lot, and so I've gotten to know her a little bit over the last year or two. Um, so watching her play and sing has been awesome. Uh, she's definitely got a great future in front of her, and 
Um, I got to hear Cameron Havens the other night. He mm. he sounded great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I haven't heard Adam Wakefield in a while. I know I guess Adam's not really like a newcomer, but he really can uh, he can sing and, and knows his way around the song really well. So that was fun watching him. Yes, he does. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on on Denmark? What's what's your favorite thing about Denmark now that you've had a chance to kind of hang out for a little bit? Man, this town is awesome. Actually, I, so I mean, I would think. Initially, I'd never heard of of Udinsa, so I mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, a town of like a couple thousand people. I didn't realize it was two hundred thousand people. Yeah. But it still has this kind of small town feel, um, and beautiful. I I went to the zoo. I went to the. Uh, There's a zoo here. Yeah, it's a great zoo. Actually, like one of the I guess they say one of the best in uh, the region, like the this area, and um, it was really awesome. We went yesterday, and then we went down to Egeskov, which is a castle. About 45 minutes away, which was amazing. Mm. Uh, beautiful gardens and all this other crazy stuff. So nice. uh, it was really cool, man. Awesome. So for you, uh, let me ask you this. Cause I've been asking a lot of uh, songwriters this that are that, that are also working artists too. How do you put your team? How do you build your team? What are you looking for in as far as the pieces of the puzzle are concerned to continue to build your brand to? to honor it, to right. build upon it, and achieve the things you want to achieve? Man, I think um, I think the important thing is finding people that believe in you and believe you as a captain of that ship. I mean, it's kind of, it's sometimes people have this idea of what they think you should be as an artist or where they think everyone's goal is the same as an artist, which might not be the case. So. Mm. You know, I definitely saw myself years ago trying to be someone that was selling out an arena and doing the things that Luke or Jason or any of those guys are doing. As things, you know, go along and I became more on the writing side, focusing on that and then touring elsewhere and doing other things, like that's not necessarily my vision for myself. So what what's important to me is finding people that understand that you know, I've finally figured out who I am, and it takes a while for anyone to do that. Some people mm-hmm. never do, but um, and once you figure out who you are, who you are, what you want to say as an artist, um, you have to find people that believe in that and believe in you. Um, I guess putting that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cool thing is, then as a writer, you still get to be a part of other people's message and other people's branding and all that kind of stuff. So it really gives you more of a, a kind of eclectic. You don't feel like you're, you know, you're kind of selling yourself short on anything. I feel like it's great to be able to go in and write a song that's completely this way with one artist and then another artist that has a whole different message or branding and then writing stuff that I put out myself that's that's my message or my branding or whatever it may be. And messages, I don't mean those in the sense of like some deep message, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, some songs do have that. Some songs are those inspirational songs or those you-can-get-through-it songs and some are rip your heart out songs, but sometimes your message is, I want to go get drunk on whiskey mm-hmm. in a bar and listen to music. I mean, you know what I mean? So I don't mean that when I say message, like some deep thing, but um, but it, it's cool as a writer and then also as an artist in that sense that you really just get to partake in all of it. Yeah, so you, you, are, you can honor your brand and do the things that you need to do to keep that very concise and very clear and then also scratch all these other itches. Yeah, of course. Uh, with yeah. different artists exactly. and have fun with that. Yeah. That's interesting. Any, um, if I ask you, what are some common mistakes that you see young songwriters making? Um, what would pop into your head? I mean, 
I, I don't know. I, I think mistakes are actually really important. So whether I, what I see as a mistake may not necessarily, it, it may be a mistake that's necessary for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, of course I made a million and I still make them all the time. And I think that is really, really the most important thing are your, your mistakes and failures, which end up building, being the building blocks for successes. Um, but I feel like right now there's a big emphasis on, you know, and I, I had this conversation with a couple of my friends here um, just a couple nights ago, but a lot of the emphasis with newer songwriters and artists is all on TikTok and social media and everything else. And it's like, I understand the importance of that piece of the pie, but I still think that the biggest part of the pie is the music, is the is the song that makes people believe in it. And, you know, take away all the visuals and all the videos and all the, here's how we make this viral and play someone a song in a dark room and let them just listen to the song. Does that song really hit them, uh, you know, in a real way? Um, And like I said, it doesn't have to be like a sad, it can still be a fun, upbeat song about whatever. But I mean, does that message come across without the, I don't know, kind of, uh, I guess, uh, coding uh, the like icing of the videos on TikTok and social media and everything else. Mm-hmm. So I think really your base ingredients, it's it's still a great song. And so I think sure. sometimes that gets washed over a little bit. You know, a lot of people are like, this guy has a million followers and blah, 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 and doing all this. And it's like, yeah, but if you go listen to those songs without that, they're still lacking a little bit. So Yeah, yeah. well, that's true. And, and, you know, I mean, people are getting deals just because they have a big audience and the, and the labels know that they can, they can sell something. Um, right. And I have an artist that's in my head right now, but I'm not going to say the name, but uh, <laughs> we all know who that is. I, I do think though, it's interesting that the, yeah, the focus, the hard shiny object like TikTok and social media and, and there's the dopamine hit of the followers and, and all that. But I, I, I believe strongly in, in an, that's an amazing way to, to promote it. Um, to, to promote the music on digital, it's you know, it's different from a broadcast platform, which is foreign. But there's some artists that I see kind of touching on that because I'm always wondering, like, how do you get to seven? You know, like when you're on radio, you have those se- this, it's seven times you got to hear that song before it right. becomes subconsciously recognizable. And as sure. artists and songwriters, we have to remember we have the curse of knowledge. I mean, I can walk into a freaking mall in the middle of Christmas and with all the noise and chaos and something comes out over the speaker. I'm like, Oh, I like that kick drum sound. I like the hair on that right. bass, you know, and yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, who's playing it. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. But the average listener, they don't. And when they get to choose what they're going to see, it's like, they have to be able to develop a relationship with the artist first before the song. And you're right. right that song yeah. is so important. But it's not what they get first on the digital platform like they do on on the broadcast platform. Do you have you done any pivots at all in your marketing so, sort of like have you have you had to step up to that? I know. I mean, you're all over the radio and 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 that's great. I'm just wondering if you guys think about that or if that's a challenge for you. How do you guys view that? Um, I'm sure that my management probably <laughs> thinks it's a challenge because I just am like. I'm I'm not great at social media. I mean, I post. I I'm not like a. All right, we have to post at 11 a.m. today, and we have to post at 6 p.m. tonight. And I know a lot of people are, have kind of a regimented way that they post and things that they post. Mm-hmm. I'm a little more organic on that since I'm sure when we're like, if we start to push something soon coming up or something, that'll become a little more 
that. But, you know, man, I'm like, I'm really happy what I'm doing and where I am as a songwriter and, and artist wise, like, I don't feel any pressure to like change like what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm happy with what I'm doing. I don't feel like, I feel like, of course, we could do something way better and get a lot more attention to things, but I don't feel the pressure to do that. I'm sure my manager does. Everything. Yeah. They, they probably hate me. They're like, I can't. And your team you don't is know the, the pressure. Part of their but, job yeah. to make that happen right, for you. Sure. I just was curious how they felt about that. And, right. you know, I see, um, I see, um, um, oh my gosh, I'm brain farting on his name. Uh, biggest record right now this year. Um, Morgan. Morgan. The the little eight and a half minute shorts that he's doing, yeah, right, where right. he's doing more than just like a music video. He's also doing yep. some other video content where the song basically basically becomes the soundtrack mm-hmm. to that. And I, right. I I I could be wrong. I mean, maybe he's got a cinematic itch that he's trying to scratch. But I think it's also whether they're and I think they're intentionally doing it. But it's a brilliant right, digital yeah. marketing. Play, you yeah, know? absolutely. And so yes, I just I, I see some of that kind of slowly happening in an industry that was built on broadcast, you know, and this is right. yeah. what they know. And so it's interesting to see the, the pivots happen. And I just wondered, I yeah, was looking I, for new yeah. ideas. Yeah, <laughs> no, unfortunately, <laughs> fresh out of. I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure. My ideas go to my songs. Yeah, yeah, my ideas are saved for the songs. I don't know if if I'm really uh, privy to like how to change the side of that. But I mean, I do love, I love art in the sense of all of that. I do, I think it's really cool. Some of the stuff Morgan's doing and Luke Combs doing everything else where they're doing a lot of, they are bringing us cinematography side to music into their performances. Their shows are becoming more, I mean, kind of 3D and with the sound, like the whole, it's the whole vibe and experience, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I, and I think it'd be cool for that to be going along with my music that I do or anything else, but I don't know that I'm really the guy to like lay it out and be like, here's how this is going to go. I focus really on the songs and playing and singing them. You know, I love that, man. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. 
So let's talk about that. What's next for you when you get back to America? What's the rest of the year look like for Tyler Reed? Man, just a lot more uh, riding, getting back on the road. There's a bunch of festivals and stuff coming up that I'll be out playing on and uh, getting back on the road with some of my buddies that are touring again, going out on the road with them and riding and playing some shows. And then, uh, I don't know, we may start recording some stuff. We're kind of kicking that around right now, just okay. figuring out where where that goes. But uh, it's just, I'm, I'm excited to kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy as long as it keeps going that direction of just... Uh, well, fingers crossed on that. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. How do you do um, work-life balance? It's hard to be away uh, on the road from the roots, from the family. Do they come with you? Do um... Um, Some. I mean, and that's been, that's been the nice thing about kind of doing some of this stuff solo, just the acoustic stuff instead of traveling full band and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of nice because, you know, I do get a chance to take my wife and son with me here and there. Or if I'm not, then it's, I kind of feel a little more, I guess, like, free to move about, like I can shoot somewhere and then fly right back out or mm. fly in or whatever. It's a little bit less, uh, I guess, to plan for one person to go do all that stuff than it is a bunch. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, I think, uh, I definitely enjoy, I work really, really hard. Uh, I exhaust myself with a lot of the work I do, but at the same time I play pretty hard too. And, uh, I think that's, that's important. I, I really enjoy my life. I enjoy being able to travel and, um, you know, have a good time. Mm-hmm. And I also uh, understand that when it comes to writing songs or performance or everything else, that that takes a ton of work too. So yeah. um, I don't know if it's a good balance in the sense it's balanced that it's all the way this way and all the way this way right. <laughs> instead of moderation in the middle. But it seems to work. Just, well, and everybody's got a different kind of formula. So I'm always interested in, uh, you know, how does one do that? What's the secret that you found to, to you know, happy wife, happy life, and, and, and right. where you are doing what you need to do as a, as, a, as, a, as a spouse, as a father, and all that. And it's a tricky thing to do when you have to travel. Yeah, so no much doubt. Job, yeah, you know? it definitely makes you miss home more when you're, when you, the more and more you do it, the more you're, as your family grows and everything else. I mean, you definitely, you know, want to get back when you can. But, but at the same time, I enjoy being on the road and performing and, and being out there writing and catching up with buddies too. And uh, so that's, it's all kind of part of it. I love it. I love it. So Billy Joel said that all his songs are his babies and he loves them all equally. Like they're his children. Some of them grow up to be doctors and lawyers and some of them grow up to be delinquents. So uh, having set it up that way, is there one of your babies that you just, is your favorite? You know, I mean, I agree. I guess I, I like, I agree a little bit with, with Billy Joel, uh, I, I mean, I think that, you know, there are certain parts of songs and certain songs that mean a lot to you. I don't think I have one favorite song. I mean, um, it's I have, a shitty like, question to ask Tyler. Yeah. No, don't worry. And, <laughs> and so you get a shitty answer. I don't really have one. <laughs> no, but I mean, I don't, I have some, I definitely have like, there's probably, you know, a, a handful that I could point to and say, you know, these songs mean more to me or, I guess say they mean a lot to me more than others. Um, well, there's one, was there one where the maybe it stuck but, uh, a certain way with you because the birthing process was something that was maybe more unusual than the others? Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know that that's, that's the case. I mean, like, obviously, you know, hits are important to you and always mean a lot to you because, I mean, they're, they're really keeping you going for, sure. 
you know, financially and, and giving you some stability and everything. So, and usually, you know, a lot, if you're lucky, the hit songs that you're putting out there aren't terrible hit songs. I mean, you know, which there are some, but a lot of songs that have to go through that many hoops to make it to become a hit song, um, are good songs and deserving of that. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those have a special place in my heart. I've also written songs that didn't quite make it, that, you know, died at 40 and that are still really near and dear to me. And then I have other songs that may never make a record that I like for one reason or another, but I definitely can't point to one. Mm-hmm. And I think that really it's like, you know, I don't know, I'd sit down and say, these 15 are my favorite I've been a part of, but, you know. Right, no, I got you. <laughs> yeah. It's always interesting to you know, let's poke a little bit, see what somebody says. Um, all right, so last question. What, uh, for the American songwriter audience, what would be like maybe the most, either the most profound advice that you could give to aspiring songwriters or, and or what is the, like the biggest lesson that you learned where you just had like this aha moment where something certainly clicked in your career where you learned and you're like, oh, now I get this piece of it. I think that, um, I think a lot of people early on get discouraged writing because they feel like they're writing, um, with the same people over and over again and they're not, they feel like they're not getting anywhere. Um, but I think that's a really important process. And it, it, I think when you have an opportunity to write with people who are proven, have proven success as a songwriter, um, you really have to be able to listen and kind of like a sponge, just like take in the way that you see them creating. And that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily be as good as they are or, or have the same strengths as they do, but you can really kind of build that up, I think, in, in like learning how certain people are really melody-driven and drive a right with a melody, and other guys are lyric guys, and some do both, and some are, you know, kind of hype guys being like, oh yeah, and you know, that's great, and they kind of keep a right going. Um, and I think if you can kind of try and at least be strong in each part of that strong enough in each part of that so that you could really move a right if you need to on your own or sit down and write a song by yourself. I think that's important. And I think that there's also a lot you can learn from songwriters that might not have a ton of success yet or might not ever have it. And, you know, those are the kind of things you, here's what you don't want to do in a room. Here's what you do want to do in a room. What makes you feel good when you write with somebody that they're doing that makes you want to go in and have someone else write with you and want to write with you again and again. And I think the more and more you do that, you know, people start getting kind of weeded out and you end up kind of in a class. You know, you have like Mm. these writers you kind of came up with and you might not be the exact same age or anything, but you moved to town at the same time or, you know, had your first hits at the same time. And and as that goes along, you start realizing that circle gets smaller and smaller and you're able to go in and write with, you know, legendary songwriters like, Tim Nichols, or you get to go in and write with guys that have multiple hits that have been really crushing lately and like Eric Basley or, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, and who are both here in Denmark and which we get to write this morning. And so I feel really lucky to be able to do that, but I understand that that doesn't mean I could just walk up and be like, Hey, I want to write with Tim and Eric when I first moved to town and that that's just going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like sure. those circles get smaller and smaller and people get protective of them because they work their ass off to get into them. Yep. So, you know, um, but I think it, when you do get a chance with some of those guys that are in it, you know, take it seriously, show up prepared and don't try and just sit in a room and hope they write a hit and your name's on it. You know I mean? Like go in there and really give it the best you've got. And if, if you're 
you know, have a, a great idea or a great song and it comes to the top, more power to you. And then you do that more and more and off you go. And off you go. All right. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, you taking the time. I know you're really busy right now. Thank That's you. Johnny D from the Climb Show Music Business Podcast on American Songwriter Magazine's podcast network. It's at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast and we are once again filming live from the nashville nights international songwriting festival in odense denmark and mr tyler reeve here was graceful enough to take the time to come in thanks man good to have you man appreciate it thank you buddy have a good one all right so that concludes the tyler reeve interview second time he's been on our show that's right because he did a song second time he's been on the show there we go that's right (laughs) he's family now he's a friend of the show we can say that's right (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh love hearing that story guys make sure if you got questions that you want to ask the hit songwriters for the 2022 nashville nights international songwriting festival please send that into info at daredevilproduction.com put questions on the subject line or just respond to brent's email or my email when you get it it's uh we're going to be interviewing tony arada and tony lane Lee Thomas Miller and Bobby Pinson, Chris Wallen, Marla Cannon Goodman, Bridget Tatum, and Emma Zink. We want to know what you want to know. What do you want to know? Tell us and we'll ask them. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.